Whitlam Institute exists to help in the great and continuing work of building a more equal, open, tolerant and independent Australia. I do not for a moment believe that we should set limits on what we can achieve together for our country, for our people, for our future. Welcome to the Whitlam Institute podcast. My name is Leanne Smith and I'm the director of the Whitlam Institute within Western Sydney University. Like all of you, I'm recording this podcast from the lands of our First Nations people. I happen to be on the land of the Darug people of the Darug Nation and I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. The Whitlam Institute is a strong supporter of the Uluru Statement of the Heart. This podcast series is part of the Institute's policy research work around the topic of Australia in the world. This series, The Future of Australian Foreign Policy Towards Afghanistan, Afghan Perspectives, is a recording of seven podcasts, conversations with political, academic and community leaders from Afghanistan, located in Kabul, New York and different parts of Australia. We've made this podcast series for Australian policymakers, Afghan expats and the general community with an interest in what's happening at the moment in Afghanistan and what Australia's role should be to support Afghans and their government. In light of the recent military withdrawal of Australia, US and other international forces from Afghanistan, and as the Taliban continues to gain control of territory and attack communities across the country, we as the Whitlam Institute seek to raise awareness, in Australia and beyond, of the situation in Afghanistan today. Through these podcasts with eminent experts, officials and community leaders, we aim to ensure their voices are heard here in Australia as Australia explores what its foreign policy towards Afghanistan should look like post our military withdrawal. We're very grateful to these Afghan experts, both in Afghanistan and here in Australia, for participating in this production in the middle of a very difficult time for Afghanistan. There's an important conversation to be had here about Australia's moral responsibility to continue to support the Afghan government and people as they face this terrible new reality. What are Afghans across the country and particularly those vulnerable ethnic groups facing today. How are women's rights being affected? And what do Afghans seek from the international community to support them? How can Australia be part of that international support? These are some of the questions we seek to pursue over the seven series of this podcast, and we hope you'll enjoy what you have to hear, and please give us your feedback. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm honoured and delighted to be joined this afternoon by the chairperson of the Afghan Independent Human Rights Commission, Shahrazad Akbar. Welcome and thank you for taking time to speak with us today. Thank you, Liam. So, Shahrazad, maybe you could start by telling us, uh, telling people in Australia, what's happening right now? I know the situation is moving very quickly, but what's happening in Afghanistan and, and how does it feel being there in the middle of it all? Well, as I'm speaking with you, um, there is very intense conflict going on in several parts of the country. We have lost, well, the Afghan government has lost four provincial capitals to Taliban. Um, Huge numbers of people are being displaced. I live in Kabul right now, and every day in in the area that I live, uh, families are moving from provinces where there's active fighting going on, and they have been displaced by the fighting, but also because they are terrified about Taliban role and what that might mean for them. They are either um, state employees or just families that have young daughters and don't want to live in Taliban controlled areas. 
we have Taliban uh, basically doing everything and, and having very little regard for uh, rules of uh, war. On the other hand, we now have the American uh, planes bombing Taliban, uh, which means that in most places where there is conflict, people are stuck between rocket fires, gunshots, and planes bombing them from above. It's extremely heartbreaking for us in the commission. We have had to relocate colleagues from several provinces because of the fighting. I worry every day about colleagues uh, that they might be targeted and killed because of the work that we do. It's become increasingly difficult for us to do public advocacy because we worry about the implications for the safety of our officers and our staff. And majority of Afghans that I interact with are either praying for a quick end to this war, well, everyone is, but or find, trying to find a way out of the madness. So a lot of conversations about visas, about departure, about selling what you have and, and leaving your house and your community behind. That sounds just so, so awful. I expect everything you just described means that it's also proving almost impossible for the Afghan Independent Human Rights Commission to even monitor the violations that are going on. It has become really difficult for us. We just published a report about atrocities in Molestan, Ghazni, where Taliban um, went and dragged civilians out of their homes and shot them. They did something similar in Spinboldak. So it seems like it's a pattern. Uh, we are just working on a report about women's rights and districts captured by Taliban. So my colleagues are doing all they can and we have local contacts, but there are places where we can't reach people because uh, Taliban shut down all communication. They shut down phone access. They investigate people who get in and out of districts to see if they have shared information with us or with media. We don't want to put witnesses' lives at risk, of course, and we don't want to put colleagues at risk. So I think the space is really shrinking for our work. It might come to it if this continues for us to have to make a really heartbreaking decision to halt our operations or at least halt our public advocacy to keep our colleagues safe. I think I saw from some of your tweets, Shahazad, this is feeling a lot like it did when you were a child growing up in Kabul. I mean, after 20 years of peace building and international community support to the Afghans to rebuild their institutions and build up their society, and to find this happening now, this Taliban onslaught after the peace negotiations, can you tell us how much has been achieved and what is at risk with what's happening now? There was a lot that went wrong in the past 20 years. There was corruption, there was intense fighting. I think corruption and, and lack of justice, which international community also contributed to, really prevented us from building stronger institutions and from building, uh, from preventing this from happening. Uh, that's true. But it's also true that Afghanistan transformed, you know, immensely, socially and culturally. A woman's aspirations for themselves, for their lives changed uh, dramatically. Women with with parents who are both illiterate or pursuing PhDs in science and, and then coming back and teaching here, women have joined army and police, women are musicians and artists, every single field of life. So the biggest threat is to women, really. The biggest threat is to Afghan women. My heart breaks for Afghan women every day because it wasn't like in the past 20 years, it was you know some walk in the park. It was fighting every day that made these achievements possible and it was often a lonely fight. And now they are gonna face people who want to talk to them with guns and with violence. There's no logic, there's no negotiation, there's no discussion about what does it mean to be a woman in this society in this time or in, in an Islamic society. 
Then the institutions that we have built, the army, you know, very flawed again, but took a lot of investment from the international community, from the Afghans, a lot of lives. In case this violence continues, you know, that institution disintegrating or being further weakened, it's not gonna, it's not gonna help Afghanistan, of course. The physical infrastructure that you look, but also we have already lost so much, Lane. I mean, in the past two years, since the US Taliban talk started, there was this campaign of targeted killings in which I lost two of my colleagues. And this campaign went out after our best. And so our journalists, our human rights defenders, our moderate religious scholars, so a lot of people are either in the graves or have left the country. And that's, that's the kind of gain that's not easy to rebuild, you know, that human resources, the human wealth of Afghanistan. And also so many expectations raised in these last 20 years of young girls who were who were born into an Afghanistan where things were possible that had never been before and they were encouraged to believe that this is a future that they could have. I, I can't believe what it must feel like to see that potentially being just pulled away. Yeah, absolutely. I keep thinking about young women in army and police. I mean, they were encouraged by everyone and they have, like, they come from remote areas, they have illustrated parents, they faced harassment at work, they stood up to all odds, and now they might just be a target because of the work that uh, they had, the, the service that they have been doing to this country and the courage that they had. So, mm -hmm. yeah, a lot at stake. Sharhazad, just one more question I wanted to ask you. I think people in Australia would like to understand, after the Australian military withdrew, along with the United States and other countries, what should the international community be doing? What can the international community, including Australia, be doing now in the current reality, in the current context, to support the Afghan government and the Afghan people? I think the best outcome for Afghans right now is a ceasefire and a negotiated settlement, a negotiated end to this conflict. And I, I still believe that the international community, if it comes together, it has the leverage to pressure on Pakistan, to put pressure on regional countries, and to put pressure on Taliban to agree to a ceasefire and uh, to negotiations. If this fighting continues, if this war continues, it will destroy everything that we have built, and it will cause immense harm not only to the Afghans, but to the region and to the world. The best outcome for Afghanistan is a negotiated outcome. Afghans need to, the Taliban need to sit down and talk to us, but they won't do it as long as they feel that region is hedging its bits and the world is hedging its bits and they're just watching to see who will win. So I think that's the first thing, but also continued assistance, of course, continued um, development assistance, continued support to Afghan security forces within a human rights framework. I think this is very, very important to find ways to continue to monitor, to continue. I know that there are eight conditionalities, but how do we ensure that actually the Afghan government is meeting its commitments, you know, post-negotiation government, including with Taliban, to upholding women's rights and, and girls' rights. And I think, I know people are exhausted and they just want to walk away. They just want to throw some money at this and walk away, but remember how exhausted we are. We are so exhausted. And this hasn't been just our war. This hasn't just been us, and we have lost so much. If we can't allow ourselves to be exhausted, you can't either. Thank you, Shahazad. Thank you so much for your time, and I hope you stay safe, and so does your family. Thank you. Thank you, Lane. That was Shahazad Akbar, chairperson of the Afghan Independent Human Rights Commission, sharing with us some heartbreaking facts about what's happening on the ground in Afghanistan at the moment as a remarkable woman on the front line. I hope you can join us for the next podcast in our series. 
I'll be speaking with Fauzia Kufi, Afghan politician, member of the Afghanistan government's peace negotiations team, and former head of the Afghan National Assembly. Fauzia will be speaking with us about what's happening as cities and villages fall to the Taliban, about the role of the Afghan National Security Forces and their need for support from the international community, and exactly what happened in terms of the failure of the peace negotiations. Fauzia will also be speaking with us about the impact of what's happening on girls' education and on women in general in Afghanistan. So thank you for joining us, and I hope you can join us again soon.